if any accidents happen on the dance floor. That is a, a, an example of broken trust because the person is trusting you to keep them safe. That's why they're willing to walk backwards in heels, for example. <laughs> so if you break that trust, then they're gonna be uncertain or hesitant or concerned about your lead and whether or not they can fully trust you again. This is episode number 504 with Linda Sutton, Tango as a Metaphor for Improving Your Relationships. Hi, everybody. I'm Sandy Wiener. Welcome back to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late to go on your last first date. And if you would like some support on your journey to lasting love, I wrote a book called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. And it's filled with 30 chapters. Each chapter has a tip, a story, an exercise designed to help you step more fully into your value. And it's not just for single women, it's for any woman and actually men can benefit from it too. It's really basic life tips on how to not only be more successful, but how to really be more confident and competent in your life. So you can find it now on Amazon for Kindle or paperback. Every week I bring you a tip from the book. And this week's tip is step number five, own your beauty. We tend to just really hate on ourselves and not really think that we're so special. And I remember even for myself, I walked around all of life until probably after my divorce thinking I was okay, you know, just sort of eh, meh, okay. And I, I just, you know, I didn't hate myself, but I didn't really love myself. And I didn't really think of myself as beautiful. I think it's hard for a lot of us to think of beauty because we have standards for beauty that are societal and, you know, model, whatever it is. And um, we need to really own our flavor of what beauty is. So my challenge to you this week is to own your brand of beauty. Whatever you are, you are beautiful in your own right. And I want you to really own that. Take, take a minute to really appreciate the beauty that you are. Before I bring Linda on, I want to just give a shout out to my Facebook group, Your Last First Date. It is a fabulous group of women over 40 who are either single or in relationship and want to grow. And this is a place of positive growth. We have seven amazing monitors who monitor the group every single day. It's a large group, but it's it's highly monitored, which is really unusual I have found in, in groups that help people with relationships. So come on over to your last first date and join us. And now for my guest, Linda Sutton. She has been sharing her passion for dance and relationships for over 10 years. She is the executive producer of the award-winning Tutu Tango show with Linda Sutton. Linda Sutton. She is her show is now on Roku, which is so cool, and Amazon Fire TV, and it streams in 18 countries. Awesome. Her unique combination of corporate experience with performing arts expertise blends together to create energetic performances that inspire. And she's joining us today to talk about what we can learn from tango to improve our relationships. So welcome to the show, Linda. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Sandy. It's such an honor and a pleasure to be here and share with you and, and, and your community and tribe. Thank you. 
Well, I love this idea of tango being a metaphor. So can you tell us a little more about how it is a metaphor for passionate relationships, harmonious relationships? One of the most exciting things about uh, tango and the work that I do now is I kind of stumbled into it. And tango, like many partner dances, gives you kind of a reflection of the dynamic between partners in a relationship or dynamic. Tango is, is particularly unique because it is purely nonverbal communication. So there is nothing that you memorize. So you really have to communicate nonverbally with your bodies. It's a reflection of harmonious and passionate relationships because in this particular dance, if two people are not on the same page and not in step within, with one another, you're going to see that within five to seven steps. They're gonna be stumbling, it's gonna be awkward, they're gonna be stepping on each, other to each other's toes and bumping into one another. However, when they are in sync and when they are in step with one another, you can see the magic happen. There's such harmony and synergy between their bodies. And then of course, tango already has a reputation for being a passionate dance. And you can use the dance or the, the dynamic that's built to develop and increase that passion. So um, in my classes, I wind up doing as much relationship coaching <laughs> as I was teaching these steps. And you really do have to teach the kind of the mindset before you can teach the movements. So um, mm. that's where I landed and that's where I've been ever since. I love it. Uh, years ago, I heard a, a coach, a therapist who became a coach talking about dance in relation to our relationship dynamics. And I had never really thought of it that way, that there's so many things that are involved. But one of the things she pointed out was somebody's got to lead and somebody's got to follow. And I think what happens often in relationships is we both want to lead or we both want to follow. And that's where we get into some trouble. So I'm wondering if you can speak to that. Absolutely. Well, it's interesting because by nature of the way that dance moves on the floor, it is important to have a leader and a follower because they have very distinct roles and also physical positions in the dance. So the gentleman who's usually the gentleman who's leading is facing in the flow of traffic and the follower is, has their back to the traffic. So it's very, very important for them to respect the, respect the roles because it's like a driver and a passenger in the car. The driver is responsible for the safety and the well-being of the passengers in the car, first and foremost. And then secondly, in terms of getting them, getting them to their destination. Um, so, but the interesting thing about it, and I think the reason why people struggle or you know, have what we call power struggles over those roles is because when there is not a respect for the differences and the significance of each role in the relationship, then yes, you'll see that. But I always tell my leaders, there is no, you cannot be a leader unless you have a follower who's willing to submit to your lead or be in agreement with your lead. And so once that respect is there on both sides, you then are able to operate fully in your role and position in the dance. Mm, very well explained. And you also mentioned before that you stumbled into this. So can you tell yes. us a little bit, well, how did that happen? 
Uh, well, I was, um, for years, I've been a world dance specialist. So one of my, my specialty in my career was world dance forms throughout the diaspora, African diaspora. So all the dances around the world that had their roots in African dance. And so in my research and in my work, tango was one of the South American dance forms that had its roots in African dance that I was studying. Um, so I was looking for a dance to explore and study, and but when I want, went to have a personal experience with it, my own personal stuff started to come up when it came to leading and following. And so, you know, dealing with that, I was like, oh man, go leave me. <laughs> <laughs> and in that process, I realized that going through that and working through that required more of me than any other dance form I had studied. And I've trained and studied in 20. Um, and so it, it, that whole process of body and mind and the interconnectedness really forced me to not only go on a historical and cultural dive, but a personal, interpersonal and spiritual dive. And so that's how I stumbled into it, literally. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. Um, well, so let's talk a little bit more about the nonverbal communication. It is, as you said, so important in tango, and mm -hmm. it gives us into insight into how people communicate. So tell us a little more about that. Well, the, the, the fundamental basis of the work that I do is based on the understanding or the matrix that it is the elements of interpersonal communication. And the most common cited um, elements are that 7% of communication is the spoken word, 55% of it is body language movements and gesture, and then 38% of interpersonal communication has to do with tone, has to do with volume, intonation, things like that. And so when I understood that about communication, I realized in my classes that people were relying so much on the spoken word for communication, they weren't realizing just how much information they were transmitting to their partners or receiving from their partners through their kinesthetic language, I like to call it. Um, in the dance though, it's undeniable and unmistakable because you can actually feel the things that your partner is going through because they're in your arms. So because they're in their, your arms, you can feel their tension. You can feel when they relax. You can feel when they're open and receptive to your lead or close to it. You can feel their hesitation or their uncertainty about a thing that they're doing. So all this is information that's being communicated in the body. And so once people started to experience, aha started to go off because they realized they were having that same dynamic in their interpersonal relationships, but it shows up in the body first. So uncertainty and insecurity and lack of trust actually immediately shows up in the body before you even maybe register it in your mind and in your, your speech. So those are examples of, of how it shows up and also how we use it in our, in our work. Yeah, it's fascinating. I, and I, I think that, you know, the tone, which you also mentioned is such an important part of our communication. And I'm wondering, so, so they, they experience this on the dance floor and then how do they bring that back into a relationship when they get back home? Absolutely. Well, the beautiful thing is one of my, one of my claims of fame, and I'm like, if I can, if I watch a couple dance, three dances, I can tell them all of their relationship dynamics. 
because it's actually already showing up in how they interact with people. They just might not be conscious of it. So um, one of the things I say, and it comes up in when I'm working with, for example, and in, in, in dynamics of people that know each other, is that where you put your attention is, where you put your attention actually shifts the way you position your body. We kind of understand that, but for example, if a gentleman is leading a woman on the floor, for example, and he looks at another person while he's dancing, she actually can feel that shift in his focus in the body. And so, for example, when I'm talking to couples and they're saying, well, he's not giving me his, he's not giving me his attention or he's distracted or his attentions are divided when they experience that in their class, they're going, oh, and she's like, yeah, I knew. And he's like, oh, so she really can experience and see and feel those subtle things because I'm no longer in alignment with her. And so it shows up. And so then he becomes aware that when she says, hey, you're distracted, you know, what are you paying attention to? That's not me. He's aware of it or your, the partner is aware of it. And then they can kind of be um, kind of adjust accordingly to that. Cool. So you mentioned that communication, um, the way that communication breaks down mm. um, shows up in dance. So can you share with us how, how you like you're talking about attention here, but are there other ways that communication breaks down and leads to communication breakdown off the dance floor? Yes, in areas of trust, active listening, and giving and receiving feedback. So those are three very, very key places where when a person doesn't take the time to establish trust in the dance and understand that they must maintain it, um, then that can show up off the dance floor. Also when trust is broken in the dance, and that usually happens when the leader, because his number role, the, the leader's number one role is to keep the followers safe. If any accidents happen on the dance floor, that is a, a, an example of broken trust because the person is trusting you to keep them safe. That's why they're willing to walk backwards in heels, for example. <laughs> so if you break that trust, then they're gonna be uncertain or hesitant or concerned about your lead and whether or not they can fully trust you again. And so it may take time to, for them to warm up and, and the leader has to make adjustments to rebuild that trust. Um, in terms of kind of the communication and active listening, the leader leads, but then must receive feedback from the follower in terms of, did they understand my lead? And so it's not assuming that they understood what you said you're listening, active listening for the feedback and the followers actively listening, not making assumptions about what they think their leader is going to say in the dance. And then of course, the cycle of giving and receiving feedback. I say the lead leaders, you lead and then you follow your lead. So it's not a kind of a static, I am the leader, you are the follower. I lead and then as the follower executes, they're actually taking over the lead at that point. And so then you have to listen follow and make sure that you're still on the same page before you leave the next step. So all that shows up off the dance floor. Yeah, that's so cool. I, I can totally understand how that would play out. Mm -hmm. I think that um, like without trust, you, you have nothing. Um, 
Active listening is so hard for people. I, and it's one of the things I'm teaching in my communications course, because we tend to listen so that we can be heard and not listen so the other person can be heard. And so really actively paying attention is so hard. And especially with our smartphones being prominent in our lives, we don't pay attention to anything anymore. And then the, the giving and receiving feedback is such an important part of growth, uh, you know, being able to hear that we need to work on something and that it's received well and received out of love mm -hmm. and not, you're trying to break me down. You're trying to knock me down. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And the beautiful thing about this dance is you realize it's a partnership. So, you know, kind of, and sometimes in verbal communication, I think people can move because they're triggered, they can move into a kind of more adversarial position. Like, you know, it's me versus you and I've got to win or I've got to get my point across. The dance kind of shifts that quickly because you're in each other's arms. So you realize that the only way that this dance is going to work is if you work together. Like this dance can't happen unless we work together, period, end of story. There is no right or wrong. There is just fumbling and stumbling and, and you're both a part of that equation. So there's not like, well, you and I, there is only a we in tango. And so, you know, it helps in that adjustment and that shift in mindset. Yeah, that's a beautiful way to look at it. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Music Unlimited. You can listen to over 70 million songs and thousands of playlists and stations. Plus, you can now stream your favorite podcasts like Last First Date Radio. You can listen to any song, anytime, anywhere, on any of your devices, your smartphone, your tablet, your PC or Mac, Fire TV, and any Alexa-enabled devices like the Amazon Echo. Get Amazon Music Unlimited for free for 30 days. Just head on over to getamazonmusic.com forward slash last first date to learn more and claim this offer. We're talking now about the positives before we were talking about the way it breaks down. And <laughs> now we're talking about healing and, and yeah. coming together. So if we look at dance tango as partnership, as a we, as coming together, we have to work together. How else can tango improve our relationships? Well, as a single person, and that because that's where it starts, and you see that even metaphorically in the dance, like you have two individuals that are coming to the dance. So as individuals, there's things that they have to do mentally and physically to prepare to come into partnership. And so as a single person, even if you're in an interaction, there's you have to get your mind prepared to be fully present with that person when you enter the dance. One of the critical ways that it can protect you, excuse me, um, improve your relationships is it can make you very acutely aware, very quickly of where your trust issues lie, um, especially um, for, for example, ladies or followers, because when, for example, as a lady, because I'm a lady, um, <laughs> when I'm going into following, um, if I am hesitant or concerned, or I'm not sure if I fully trust a person, it doesn't matter that I've been dancing for double digit years, it immediately shows up in my body. And so then I have to, you know, do an assessment. I'm like, is it me 
you know, is it my interaction with this person or is there something going on with me right now? Maybe I'm tired. Maybe my shoes are uncomfortable. Maybe I'm distracted or upset about something that I'm bringing to the dance that might affect the partnership. So that can go on both sides. You know, you kind of, as you come up into the dance and you show up, you can do both an assessment of self and then assessment of the other that allow you to make the adjustments that you need before you really come into the embrace and, and lock in and connect with your partner. Yeah, I mean, I can totally picture that. People who don't trust, even if we're talking off the dance floor and people are on a date, you can feel tension in somebody's body. You can mm -hmm. feel the lack of trust. The person's armor is up. They're not fully present. They're thinking of the past. They're planning the future. I mean, all of these things show up in our lives. And so this is just such, such important, such important um, yeah, love skills. They're life mm -hmm. skills, they're love skills. And trust and lowering your guard are so key in being more vulnerable, more open, more present in the dating process and the relationship process. So I, I just love this metaphor. I think it's, mm -hmm. it's wonderful. And I'm wondering if you have some final words of advice for anyone who wants to go on their last first date. Oh, yes, last first date, I love it. Um, my, my last words is that these types of experiences can help um, you accelerate your understanding. So if you want to go on this quest of either rapidly healing or becoming really self-aware of what's going on, um, many people, more people are kinesthetic learners than, than is often acknowledged. And so this will be a way for, they can get, for them to get immediate feedback on what's going on with them, how they can heal, how they can become more open to give and receive another from another, as well as how to prepare for being in partnership. And I think tango and these partner dances are the perfect way that you can begin to prepare for what it means to become a partner, truly a partner with another. Ooh, juicy, I love it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, this is so good, Linda. And so tell us, and I love your energy and you can, you can really tell, I can feel that you've done this work and that you are comfortable in your body and comfortable in your skin. And you have that energy that I'm sure is very charismatic and magnetizing to a lot of people where they develop trust with you easily. Thank you. Thank yeah. So tell us where our audience can find you. Well, you can find us and all of our outlets on our website, um, www.thetututangoshow.com. They can find out about the show, of course, the television channel that you mentioned on Roku and Amazon Fire, as well as our new podcast as well. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Linda, and for sharing the importance of tango and how it connects with having better relationships, both with ourselves and with others, so that we can go on our last first date. <laughs> Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me here on the show this year. Uh, you. Thank you. And to all our listeners, if you love our show, please consider giving us a rating and review. Every rating and review helps tremendously more than you know. And um, here's to your last first date. 
If you are ready to get unstuck, gain new tools, become more empowered, and finally find your last first date, I'd love to talk to you. Fill out an application to be considered for a complimentary half-hour love breakthrough session at lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. That's lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. I look forward to talking to you soon.